If you're watching at home, could I encourage you to take the time sometime this week and one way or another, thank Bryce and Russell and Jordan who worked hard. We're here more than an hour before we began to make sure in light of everything going on that we were ready. Tony was here working outside more than an hour before we started and we so appreciate that. It's easy for many of us just to walk in and not realize all of the work that went on into making this as comfortable and productive as possible. And so thank you to all. Thank you for being here this morning. I would love to begin just by reading with you from Colossians 1, verse 3. If you have your Bibles open there, the Apostle Paul, as he writes to ordinary Christians in the ancient city of Colossae, says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is an old letter written to people who lived 2,000 years ago. But as we read their mail and by God's design are able to be instructed and encouraged and, and inspired by it, would you, would you just notice from this description how simple this picture really is? The word of the truth, the gospel that we've already rehearsed this morning in our observance of the Lord's Supper. We've sung about it this morning. We've 
prayed about it this morning, the word of the truth. Paul says it had come to Colossae. There were people who were willing to listen to that truth and it had changed everything. At one point, they were separated from God. They were shackled like slaves in the domain of darkness. But now, God, through His Word, by His grace, in accordance with their clinging to Jesus as their Savior, had transferred them from the domain of darkness placed them in His kingdom, the kingdom of light. And throughout the rest of this powerful letter, he's going to reflect on the implications of all of that. But I love how he starts. Over the course of the next few verses, to point us to Jesus. As he helps these people understand what had happened to them, what they were now a part of, what it all meant and why it all mattered and where it was all heading. He points them and in accordance with God's amazing plan, 2,000 years after the letter was written, he's pointing you and me this morning to Jesus as the ultimate starting point. We can't possibly mine the glorious depths in the next 25 minutes or so of the next five verses. But if there's one thing I could encourage you to allow to sink into your mind this morning and mark one way or another, make a note to yourself, to return to these next five verses over and over and over again this week. I know Roger's going to be talking about some important practical things as, as far as our family life is concerned. But I believe that he would say right along with me, there isn't any more important paragraph that you could focus on for the rest of your week. Then Colossians 1, 15 through 20. Jesus, the ultimate starting point. Would you just walk through these glory-soaked phrases with me over the next few minutes? He is Jesus, the Lord, the Son of God, is the invisible God. The image of the invisible God. John began his gospel in John chapter 1 verse 18 by asserting what had been known throughout Jewish history. No one has ever seen God. This same apostle Paul will write to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 16. God alone has immortality. God dwells in unapproachable light. No one has seen him or can see him. But Jesus has made him known. 
He is the image of the invisible God. In fact, Jesus would say to his apostles on the very night of his betrayal, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation. He has not been created. He has always been, as we will see. What Paul is leaning on is what would have been so very familiar, especially to Jews with the rich Old Testament scriptures. Who is the firstborn? He holds the supreme rank. Jesus holds supreme rank in all of the universe. He is the head. He is the source is where this glorious thread leads Paul next. By him all things were created. Paul wants to make sure we understand whether we're talking about things in heaven or on earth, whether we're talking about things visible or invisible, whether we're talking about thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Jesus. The ultimate starting point. In fact, all things were created for him. You exist. I exist for Him. This beautiful snow globe of a world we woke up into this morning exists for Him. Why? Because He is before all things. He is I am. I am who I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Before God said, let there be light, I am. He is before all things. In him all things hold together. From the wood of this podium to the cells of your body to this planet on which we rest this morning to our moon to the farthest reaches of our galaxy and to the known ends of the universe in Him all things hold together. He is the beginning. He is the ultimate starting point. Not just for this life, but for the next. He is the firstborn from the dead. We are talking about Jesus who lived among us, who for three years worked amazing signs and wonders and miracles, taught like no one has ever taught, died, 
He really died in the city of Jerusalem. He was really buried. He really spent three days in that grave. And on the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, he came out of that grave. He is the first. By him, you. If he tarries and you experience physical death before his return, you will come out of the grave because he is the ultimate starting point in this life and the next. The firstborn from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent. In him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. He had a body just like us. He knew what it was to cry. He knew what it was to sweat. He knew what it was to bleed. He knew what it was to be physically exhausted. But never at any point was he not truly God. Emmanuel. God with us. He humbled himself by taking the form of a servant for us. That through him, God could reconcile all things to himself. That is God's mission. That is our mission to remind ourselves of that, to teach ourselves like that, and to share that news with this world that is so desperate, in need, broken, shattered, in darkness. Here is the good news. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. By him, all things were created. In fact, for him, all things were created. He is before all things. In him, all things hold together. He's the beginning. He's the firstborn from the dead. In him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell that through him, God might reconcile all things. To himself okay but what does that have to do with you and what does that have to do with me is this just like walking through a museum and stumbling across an interesting exhibit that we stare at for a little while and then go on our way is this like being a spiritual tourist that we come across a a grand canyon or a majestic mountain and we all stop for a little while and Huh, would you look at that and then go on our way? No, this has everything to do with you and everything to do with me. And Paul makes that abundantly clear right here in our text. Is your Bible still open there to Colossians chapter 1? I want you to notice with me verse 18 where Paul makes it clear to us. We, we skipped over, in fact, a phrase right in the middle of this glorious paragraph. Right in the middle of describing Jesus as the ultimate starting point, he says in what we have as Colossians 1.18, he is the head of the body. The church. 
This is where the ultimate starting point intersects with flesh and blood. This is where Jesus, the ultimate starting point, intersects with everyday life. Yes, He is all of those amazing things. But right at the heart of it all, He is the head of His body. The church. God's assembly of saved People, people who, you you look down with me at verses 21 and 22, who once were alienated from God. Verse 21 of Colossians 1. You, he's talking to the church in Colossae, you who once were alienated, you're separated from God. Think about what it means to be separated from the ultimate starting point. At one point you were alienated and hostile in mind. You weren't thinking the way you ought to think. You weren't treasuring the way you ought to treasure. Acknowledging or or honoring the ultimate starting point. You were alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. But you remember the, the mission. That through Him, through His perfect Son, God might reconcile all things to Himself. Here's where it intersects with flesh and blood. Ordinary, messed up, selfish sinners just like you and just like me. Now verse 22, He has reconciled. In his body of flesh. What a a beautiful idea that Jesus willfully took on a body of flesh. And he willfully sacrificed that body of flesh so that sinners could be added to his body of which he is the head. His body in which there is salvation. He's reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you. Listen to this. The same people who were alienated and hostile in mind could now be recognized by God as holy and blameless and above reproach before him. You see, Paul wants to make sure we understand peace with God is available by the blood of His cross. He reminds us, he he points us to the mission in verse 20 that through Him, God would reconcile to Himself all things whether on earth or in heaven. What did it cost? Making peace by... The blood of his cross that Larry encouraged us to come face to face with. Hard as it is this morning. Well, Jesus lived a a really long time ago and we don't know where the wood of that cross is. We don't have vials of his blood. 
How in the world can I come in contact with that? Look at chapter 2, same letter. Colossians chapter 2, verse 11, where Paul writes, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off. What was cut off and left behind? The, the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Well, what in the world does that mean? What do I need to do? Having been buried with him in baptism. In which you also were raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. He is the head of the body, the church. People alienated from God can be reconciled by his death. Peace with God is available by the blood of his cross. And now, look back at chapter 1, verse 9. Colossians 1, verse 9. Now I can walk in a way that pleases him. We read it earlier, verse 9. From the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. But I'm not worthy. He didn't say this is open up just to worthy people. Jesus is the worthy one. You're not the starting point. He is. He is the one who died for my unworthiness. He is the one who can change me and change you from the inside out. And now is calling us to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to him. In fact, you turn a page or two over to Colossians chapter 3. And he gives us a master class of what that's going to look like in everyday terms. Would you read a little with me in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 where he reflects on what it's going to look like to walk in a way that pleases the ultimate starting point. If then you have been raised with Christ. Remember? We put the old person of sin to death. We buried that in baptism. God raised us just as he raised Christ. And now if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. There are going to be a whole lot of distractions this week. A whole lot of things that can take our eyes off of what and who matters most. Set your gaze where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Let's, let's make Jesus the ultimate starting point of our week. This is his day, the Lord's day. Let's make him the ultimate starting point even of this week. Why? You've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. We're not going to start at the starting point and then wander into this foolishness. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two, you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. You, you see, you have a new starting point. 
a new direction that defines for you a new destination. And so you put all of these away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Don't lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Who is Jesus? He's the image of the invisible God. And when I begin walking with him, he conforms me more and more and more to be like him. Verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. You don't know what I've done. You, you don't know what sort of filth and ugliness I've wallowed around in. Were you alienated? Were you hostile in mind, doing evil deeds? Then this news is for you. Because Jesus is the ultimate starting point, you can be a chosen one, holy and beloved. You can put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You remember God's mission? To reconcile all things to himself. What holds all of that together? Here it is. Love. Not warped, self-centered, self-serving human love. Self-sacrificing. The perfect love of Christ. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called, in one body. He's the head of the body. The church. These people had heard the call of the gospel and responded to it. And it had changed everything. And so Paul says, don't forget to be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's why we've done what we've done today, to express our thankfulness, the thankfulness of our God-given, God-changed hearts to the one who has changed everything. And now, with Jesus as the ultimate starting point, what do we carry with us as we leave here? Whatever you do, Whatever you do this week in word or deed, do everything in the name of, who's our ultimate starting point? Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. 
He's the head of the body, the church. People alienated from God can be reconciled by his death. Peace with God is available by the blood of his cross. Now I can walk in a way that pleases him and finish what was started. That's our focal point this year. But so very important in this first month of this year to realize if I'm going to finish what God is calling me to finish, I have to start where he would have to start. Have me to start. Don't believe that? Sign up for the Louisville Marathon in 2023 and start running in your driveway. And you may cross the finish line. In fact, you may cross the finish line before qualified runners. But you're not going to get the medal. Why? Because you didn't Start at the starting point. Paris Olympics 2024. The 100 meter run. The run for the fastest person on earth does not start at Krispy Kreme on Veterans Parkway. No, you've got to start at the starting point. You can have a beautiful horse. You can train that horse. You can have dreams of running that horse, riding that horse in the Kentucky Derby. But you don't start at the Louisville Zoo. If I'm going to finish what God is calling me to finish, I've got to start where he would have me to start. I don't get to define where to start. And the one thing that I want you to see this morning is the starting point is not you. The starting point is not your past record, good or bad. The starting point is not me. The starting point is not this church building. The starting point is not the church that meets within this church building. Listen to me this morning. The starting point is Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. By him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he's calling you to be a part of his church. The church of which he is the head. 
not some man-made organization with some man-made plan and some man-made agenda. No, just the, the church we read about in the New Testament. I want you to listen to me very carefully this morning. I don't believe you would be here on such a snowy January morning if you weren't interested in eventually being able to cross the finish line and say with this same Apostle Paul, I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. I've fought the good fight. Let's just make sure that we understand. If we're going to cross that finish line, we've got to start where God would have us to start. He has a name. His name is Jesus. He adds those who were alienated from God to His church by His death. He shed His blood in order that we can be at peace with God. Now I can walk in a way that pleases Him. There are lots of people in a post-COVID world who have lots of very critical, flippant things to say about the church. But I hope our time together this morning has helped you see the church is the one institution greater than all others. Let's not take for granted that no nation is mentioned in Colossians 1. The church is greater than any nation. No other human group is mentioned in Colossians chapter 1. The church is greater than every other group. No other organization is, is mentioned in Colossians 1. The church is, is greater than all of that. Listen to me. The church is more permanent than your marriage. The church is more permanent than whatever family tie you have. It is in the church that God's people are running the race that ultimately leads to life. Why? Because they started at the ultimate starting point. Jesus the Christ. And so we're going to stand and sing an invitation song about a fountain that is free because of what this Jesus did for us. A, a fountain freely available that we read all over the New Testament. What do I need to do in order to be a part of that? Well, the answer over and over and over again is repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He's the ultimate starting point. He's the one who can forgive you of your sins. And when you do that, the Lord adds you to his church so that you can walk in a way that pleases him. Maybe you've come face to face with that starting point in a fresh way this morning. And you'd like to be qualified to run that race. His name is Jesus. If we can help you in taking the first steps of building your relationship with him. Would you let us know how we can help you by coming to the front while we stand and sing together.